You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you guys get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but our other shows like Cinematic Adventures, You Hate to See It, and MF Uncensored. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me via the Zoom studio, special host, guest star, guest personality, <laughs> guest guy, Brendan from Blindbat1980. Eighty-seven. We're getting there. Blind bat eighty-seven nineteen. Dang it! I always get it's the it's the numbers that always jump me. It, look, I, I just gotta come on more. That's all it is. It's just gotta come on, come on more, more times, and you'll just get it right next time. You know. But Brendan, how are you today? I'm doing well. You know, I'm just living life. You know, got I got seven hours of sleep last night with the newborn, so that wow. that was a good plus. <laughs> wow! Like not all heroes wear capes. Holy crap! That's that's crazy. Yes, Brendan has his newborn. If you guys listened to what was the last episode you were? I think you were on with the You Hate to See It crew. No, I think the last time I was on, we were talking about patriotic superheroes. That was it. That was it. That was a busy week. We, we have so, so many shows, so many things going on. And now, now I'm playing massive catch up because this is our first episode. We took a week off last week, mostly because I was away on vacation. Ronnie was getting ready to go. Rob's getting ready to go back to work. Sean's living his best life. But uh, Brendan was was kind enough to not only jump in super semi last minute on a Sunday afternoon, but also give me a list of suggested topics. <laughs> my pleasure but this is actually i this is a topic that brendan and i have i know every time brendan and i have talked about him being on our show he's always this is one he's always brought up and this is one that i, I we've always wanted to talk about we haven't gotten a chance to and i'm pretty sure in the terms of the multiverse crew brendan and i are the only ones that have not only seen this property but also seen the entire run of it is that correct what do you think yeah i i, I definitely have i found my box set of the the dvds i'm pointing like you guys can see me i found my box set of the dvds i got my little funko pop back there and i actually collected the comics for a little while yes with, um of, of the of the batman beyond stuff so yeah <laughs> so speaking of which we are talking today batman beyond the wb animated show i say wb because that's what it was kids wb yes. ran for three seasons for january 10th 1999 to december 18th 2001 so before we get into that we do have a little bit of news we have some things that are going on because it is a wild time especially if you are a dc fan and brendan i know you listened to our recent dc is a mess episode I I did. Yes, I did listen to the DC as they mess. <laughs> so what, what do you think about DC comics in films right now? Well, uh, yes, they are in a mess. And uh, I think a little bit they got a, a, maybe they have an issue of a, a PR issue with the hypocrisy potentially mm. with between Ezra, the Ezra Miller, Miller Flash movie still go, uh, greenlit. But the Batgirl one is not. And again, they're saying it's bad, but, you know, maybe let us be the judge of that per se, you know. You might be surprised by it. again. You probably have a lot of firsts with that movie, and it's a new, it's something different. And again, I'm I, if, if, I'm trying to think now of how many other female-led superhero movies are there, which there isn't a lot. Really, no. it's the two Wonder Woman movies, the Captain Marvel movie, and Black Widow. Am I missing something? What? Black Widow. Black Widow. So, you know, there's only like three or four other movies. Like, throw this out. Maybe you get surprised by it. You know. So, yeah, so... I think there's a little bit of that, and, and it seems like it's. 
a rock and a hard place with the flashing because there's a lot of things that fans would like to see. But somehow Ezra went off the reservation and kind of is making everybody like, well, if this is such a terrible person, we're, you know, in today's climate, people are more inclined to, if the person's terrible, I'm not going to support the art at all. Right. And I'm a little more of the opinion that you can separate the art from the artist. Mm -hmm. But in terms of giving them in giving them new money, I'm I'm not a big fan of it. So I might have some music that would be questionable to buy now, but since they got my money 10 years ago, I don't mind listening to it now. Yeah. Whereas so now it's like, well, this guy's doing, you know, Ezra's doing some bad stuff. Who really wants to give their $15 to support a company then proxy then is supportive of his behavior because you released his movie. Right. Now, supposedly Ezra Miller has met with Warner Brothers and he is seeking treatment, which Okay, I'll, I can I can respect anybody that you know things are going off the rails, but he he wants to get better. Okay, again, you have my respect. I'll I'll you know I'll be there and I'll and I'll listen. But yeah, he's he's just not a he just doesn't seem like a good person. And unfortunately, like the usually test screenings of the Flash, I've heard both that it's either really good or really bad. But I'm hearing more <laughs> good more good initial test screenings, which is interesting. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. I'm sad. DC. I mean, a... I, I do know. I'm, I I'm killing things a little bit. The idea could be that this could be a launching point for a live action or Batman Beyond that maybe we can touch on later. But that mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, again, we can maybe reuse Michael Keaton again and just say this was a, another another timeline, you know, sort of thing. So what happened was originally, I think I mentioned this in the DC is a mess episode. They had. An ending. This was all. This is all rumor. This isn't substantiated, but it does come from some reliable sources that say that Michael Keaton and the girl playing Supergirl, Sa Sasha something or other, I forget her last name off the top of my head. Okay. That they were actually going to take at the end of this movie, the Flash movie, they take the place of Batman and Superman in the main DCU. So oh. that was the rumor, and then Batgirl kind of substantiated that with the fact that Keaton or Keaton was supposed to be in it, like they filmed it. Yeah. Okay, wow. But uh, now they have Ben Affleck coming back. And in more news, Dan Lin is in talks with Warner Brothers to oversee the DC films and projects. Dan Lin has been involved with DC for quite some time. He's done producing credits on the Lego movie, Sherlock Holmes. He was It, Aladdin. He was originally supposed to be involved with Justice League Mortal when that was supposed to come out. You remember that when they had the, uh, the failed Justice League project they wanted to do years and years ago? Oh, yeah. No, actually. I don't think I recall that. And I don't think I've heard this guy's name before with anything. So this is new for me. Yeah. So th this is he's supposedly going to take the uh, the Kevin Feige look or uh, role. But let's Which see. is a shame a little bit because I felt I always like because they had Jeff Johns kind of in that role for the long time. And he if you look at what he wrote comic book wise, he wrote a lot of great stuff. I think he, I think the first time I remember him was Blackest Night with Green Lantern, mm -hmm. which kind of revitalized and brought back Hal Jordan to the into the uh, the mainstream part of the the comic books there. And I think I think he did like Earth One Batman and Earth One Superman, I think. And he did a and he had a good run, I think, also with the new Fifty Two Batman, I believe. I'm I'm a little shaky on some of it, but I was like every time I think here, oh Jeff John, I think something good, and you know, so I'm kind of sad to see him lose his creative touch with these movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just it wasn't Jeff John's. He just hasn't nailed it yet, unfortunately, and he's he's been given chances. Like he's been involved with a lot of these DC films and stuff. Just nothing's really kind of stuck, unfortunately. But let's see. I hear you. 
Let's As see. a guy who's more on the animation side, and I think if, if, if in our group, I would say I always try to push a little bit more of the animated things whenever mm-hmm. I want to discuss things with you guys. For years, we just talk about, or I would say, and what I've seen online, why don't they just make live action versions of their animated movies? It's yeah, a lot of the animated movies are good. Like, that's the one thing you would say DC has on the Marvel thing. Like, if you look at DC's animated movies, they had that whole big you know, DCAU that's like 23-odd movies. Not everything connects and whatnot. Some do, some don't. But as standalones, like, why not just adapt that and say, we're going to take that approach? Because then you get you get stories like The Red Sun. You get The Killing Joke. You get Dark Knight Returns. And keep you like, who cares who the new Batman is? Because you could have three or four different Batmans and whatnot. Or even, like, I think there was there's a scene I watched from one of the ones with the Justice League, and it shows that Batman, they're having a business meeting, and Batman says, I'll cover the expense bill if we don't make enough money. And they make fun of him going to a parent-teacher conference for his son, Damien. You know, <laughs> and it's, you know, then, then the Flash is talking about getting married, and Superman's like, you know, did, does your wife know that you're the Flash? Like, yeah, I told her years ago. Yeah. You know, it's like, and Aquaman's like, Superman, you don't tell somebody, your well, me, wife, on your honeymoon that you're a superhero. <laughs> so, like, there's all these relatable stories that why don't you just adapt these movies? So, for those of you guys who don't know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more when we actually get into the show topic. There are two versions of the animated DC universes. There's the one that we're going to talk about today, which is the DCAU animated? Yeah, I go with that. And... I think it does have an actual name, but that includes shows like the original Batman animated series, Superman the animated series. They did they did their crossover, then Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and this show. So yep. yeah, and Static Shock too. I totally yes, forgot. Static Shock. Yeah, I totally that forgot was about another it. good one. Yes, the DC animated universe, and we're going to talk about it during the actual topic. So I don't want to get too far into it. But then they also have the DC movie animated universe, which started off with Flashpoint. Then went to Justice League War. So okay. they, they did a Flashpoint movie, and at the end of it, they launched, the, just like in the comics, how Flashpoint led to uh, the New 52. They did Justice League War, and that led to things like Justice League Dark, which was fantastic. And then it, it kind of built from there. And Aquaman, they did a Death of Superman and Return of Superman, both fantastic and really comic accurate. But... Yeah, so going down the list of news, though, Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins the cast of The Boys Season 4. Ooh. We are very excited. Brendan, have you watched The Boys? I watched, I think, half of the first season, and it's, this was a little too intense for yeah. me, and I, I like a little more lightheartedness for my superheroes. I don't... That just... This took a little bit too far. I think it's something that... I think I've discussed with Ronnie at times, too. I'd rather read that in a comic book mm-hmm. than necessarily watch that live action. That's totally fair. Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and Shazam are delayed again. They got pushed back to, to next expected. year. Yeah, Black Adam has not been moved. So Black okay. Adam's still there. They were There were rumors of reshoots, and there's also rumors of reshoots for The Flash. I think that, that might all this might be kind of in line of what, they, what their vision for what DC is going to look at. Because unfortunately, like they have some really good movies and characters like they do i love yeah i love jason momoa as aquaman i think he does a great job he's only gotten better yes indeed zachary levi as shazam you know we still want to see him and and black adam actually duke it out oh exactly and if they heard that wasn't that's not gonna be uh, that's not a focal point of the black adam movie but that means makes you want like well that's inevitably that should happen i want to see henry cavill go against black adam that's what i want 
Oh yeah, I think it was I think it was your show that talked about like uh, the little dispute between uh, The Rock and Henry Cavill. So yeah. yeah, why not settle it for once and for all? But that's that's enough TC talk. Netflix's Umbrella Academy. Have you seen Umbrella Academy? No, I haven't made time for the no Umbrella worries, Academy. No worries, but they just I, yeah. I no, I'm sorry. I, I, I do, but I do find my one tidbit about that is that it's also the guy who wrote it is the guy Typical Romance. Oh, I didn't know that. Lead singer. There, there's that. But they just got renewed for a fourth and final season. That was a show that was kind of in limbo. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear that then. It's always nice when they finish off the show. Yeah. So I think it's always good when they also know that they're going to. Yes. So. And then the last bit of news is they've re- just released the Spider-Man No Way Home for the re-release. They released a brand new poster that included Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Charlie Cox as Daredevil. So they're re-releasing Spider-Man No Way Home into theaters with 11 minutes of additional footage. Oh, I, I'm not going to spend my money on seeing that for 11 no, minutes it'll, of No, it'll come footage. out. But you know what? That, that's what they do now. Unfortunately, that's like the new thing nowadays, to re-release their stuff and just kind of hope for the best. Because they want to get, they want to, even Avatar's doing it. They're re-releasing Avatar, apparently. But yeah, but I, I, I could see that being more like, hey, it's been 10 years, you know, maybe you want to refresh in a nice area. Like that to me seems like, you can do a celebration of it's been an anniversary as opposed to this is clearly, okay, 11, 11 extra minutes. Like you told me it's an extra half hour. All right. Maybe that's worth my time then. But like, yeah, I, I, I appreciate re-releases when it's celebrating the movie or I've never seen the movie before in theaters because it was before my time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But re-releasing it so soon to the original thing. Yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap us up with news. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are talking Batman Beyond. But first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back, and we are talking a topic that Brendan and I have probably talked about for years and are super passionate about, but I don't think we've ever really discussed it at length. It's always something that we say we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely something like that. Like, oh, let's talk about this. And I think that when you guys started the podcast years ago and when you were doing a more like the Arrowverse stuff, and I'm like, oh, I would like to join in occasionally, but I don't really watch Arrowverse. So, and in my head, I'm like, well, what's my niche? I'm like, oh, it's always the the cartoon stuff. And I'm like, Batman Beyond. Like, and you were like, Batman Beyond. Yes. (laughs) Because, like I said, I don't think I have anybody else that has really watched it. Like, it's a shame, too, because it it really, I mean, I think for us, again, I was thinking back. So, we said it came out in 99. We were the right age for that because I actually remember for a homework assignment writing a review of the premiere episode. You know, for a <laughs> homework awesome. assignment. That's so cool. But and you know, it's something where, yeah, like I, I saw it and I, again and they all initially I was in I'm like then I watched it more. I'm like, this is really awesome. You I know, so all right. So for those of you guys who don't know, Batman Beyond was part of what we mentioned as the DCAU, also known as the DC Animated Universe, the Timverse, and the Dinnyverse. Those are the creators, Bruce Tim and Paul Dinny. So it was kind of, it was definitely a precursor to what the cinematic universe has become. This, yeah. this was well ahead of its time. It started 
with Batman the Animated Series, and for those of you guys who don't, if you are listening to a comic book podcast and you don't know Batman the Animated Series, I think you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> or you have a lot of homework to get caught up on because this is the that was the show that kind of was a, it was a game changer the same way Batman 89 was a game changer for superhero movies. This was a show that they because by this point all that was out right now that TV wise you had you had oh, the 1966 or whatever Batman a little more on the campy side mm-hmm. then you got a little darker with Tim Burton. This took the best of they their goal was what are the best parts of Batman? And let's put that into an animated cartoon show. Right. This was the uh, spectacular Spider-Man of its time. Have you seen the spectacular Spider-Man? I've only really seen the original Spider-Man. I know I've heard good things about the other ones. They just released it onto Netflix. Ronnie and I are going to do an episode on it, but it is fantastic. And it takes from all parts of the media and puts it into the show. So it's really cool. It's really interesting. So Batman, the animated series was in 1992. That's when that Mm -hmm. aired. And the DCAU ended with Justice League Unlimited in 2006. And that's just the television aspect. Wow. So I'm going to list off everything that's that's counted as the DCAU that includes TV and movies. So ready? We got Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Mm -hmm. the new Batman Adventures, which is when they kind of revamped it so that it's in more in line with the with Superman and all that. They just threw in a younger Robin so they can sell more toys. Yeah, basically. And they couldn't do Jason Todd because that was the one thing that they were afraid to do. (laughs) <laughs> we got Batman Beyond, Static mm-hmm. Shock, yep, The Zeta Project. I don't know if you remember that one, which was a spinoff I, of Batman I didn't Beyond. Care for that one, yeah, uh, it only lasted the one, se- one or two seasons, I think. But uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. and then Justice League Unlimited. So that's the television side. All yes. right. Here are the feature films: Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, which is fantastic, awesome. Batman and Mister Freeze, Sub Zero. Okay. Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, which we'll talk about a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. Really? Yeah, yeah. Batman and Harley Quinn, which actually came out in 2017, so well after the after the shows were done. All right. Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which came out in 2019. Also in continuity, but well past when the shows were over. I should watch that now because that combines two of my favorite things because that's those are the bad guys from one of my other favorite DC properties, Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the the main DC. They also did like a bunch of episodes that they put together as like almost like fi- like short films. They did a World's Finest type with Batman and Superman. Oh yeah, the crossovers kind of. Yeah. Which so- was another cool thing was that this was one of the first times you had a show that kind of like maybe it wasn't the first one, but it was really cool when you, they did those crossover episodes when Superman a story when the Superman show started and you got like Batman's visiting. You know, Metropolis and whatnot, making moves on Lois Lane and everything like Superman that's fun had. Stuff. Superman had one of the best lines ever. Batman flips him, so Superman like just pile drives him, and he's like, "I heard you were crazy. I didn't think you were stupid." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, Superman throwing shade." I love uh, it. Though that also reminds me of another bit, uh, and I'm starting to go on a tangent where it's like Batman's threatening a goon, and Wonder Woman standing next to Superman's like, "What is he saying?" Superman's like, you, you don't, don't want to know. know. <laughs> it was Deadshot, I think. I think it was Deadshot. You're yep, right. Yep. And he started like crying. <laughs> but uh, all right. So ready? This show itself takes place in. Tw- I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. This show oh, takes no, place don't tell me. in 2019. There is nothing funnier than shows that like kind of take place. 
in the future, quote unquote. It's like Back to the Future. Like when mm-hmm. they go to like t- whatever year they go to and we're like, oh man, we are not there yet. Wait, it was like 2017, I think, when the, when the Cubs almost won the World Series. Yep. So the show starts off with Bruce Wayne past his prime. He's in his late mid to late 50s and he's, he's still fighting his Batman. But he has a heart condition and I believe he suffers like a mild heart attack in the very first episode while he was fighting some goons and he ends up pulling a gun on one of them. Yes, he does. And that, that's his cardinal rule. Like they were very strict in this show about his not liking guns and yes. not using guns. So he decides at that point that he, he's never going to be Batman again and he retires. Mm-hmm. And now we, we fast forward and we're introduced to a brand new character named Terry McGinnis. Now, that was a big thing, too, at the time where it was like, oh, Batman's not going to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that, that that's something we were like, why? What? This is this is that's not Batman. Then. Mm-hmm. That we, was that was a big deal. And again, I know they the network wanted them to do a younger Batman. They wanted the teenage Batman to, again, try to get their young demographic, because I think I had just watched some stuff on IGN about the show, too. And they're saying how at the time he has all of these teenage shows, whether it's Buffy or Dawson's Creek. And they're like, well, we have a stranglehold on this young demographic. Why don't we make a teenage Batman? So that's another show that they'll watch. Right. And it worked, though. Like, so we have let's we're going to go through the cast first, and then we're going to talk some of our favorite moments. We're going to talk about the movie very briefly, because I do think saving that for another episode is actually a small, smart idea, because there are two versions of that film. You're right. I do remember that. And it's just I I think it's worthy of discussion by itself. Ten ten trillion percent. And then we'll kind of wrap it up and see where it goes from there. But so we have Will Friedle. Of Boy Meets World fame. It was so funny to find that out the first time. <laughs> Voicing Terry McGinnis slash Batman. Now, what what are what are our thoughts on Terry McGinnis? Initial thoughts. Well, I I, I when I was well, initial thoughts that I had wrote down about too. I think what made him awesome was that he was very different from Bruce Wayne. He came from a broken home. His parents were divorced. He he, he was a juvenile delinquent. He has a history of at least it's alluded to into that. That's kind of I guess where his that's their their shortcut for giving him his fighting ability. He's maybe middle class, but once his once the tragedy happens in the family, it's kind of like they need a little more extra income. So his mom's a struggling mom at that point. Mm-hmm. And it maybe you can make the age thing, but he just very different. There's no it doesn't have the resources that Bruce Wayne had. But these are all things that made him, again, different and kind of cool and exciting, especially that idea like he has a history that we know he's a good guy, but he's got a little history that explains like how is he able to ride the motorcycle in the first scene? How does he know to throw a first flight? He also has a girlfriend, like a stick, actually like another significant other that Batman never was able to really have. So you bring up what Batman was never able to have. And yes, he does have a girlfriend, Dana, I believe her name is in the show. And the other thing that we get to ex- explore with this Batman, this version of Batman, is he has to deal with the family repercussions. Bruce Wayne, yeah. his secret identity was more – like there's there's trillions of articles and, and arguments about who's the real person. Like is Batman the real person, Bruce Wayne? Same with Superman and Clark Kent. Like who's yeah. the real person? I always say that it's really – Batman is who he really is and Bruce Wayne's usually the facade he has to put on. There's a moment they they touch upon that in this show, actually. (laughs) Which I really hope they do in the new Batman, which apparently they are doing a Batman too, like the Batman. So, oh, you're right. Yes, I really hope that they they start to create that. Because say what you will about Christian Bale and his performances, I think they kind of nailed that that aspect the best in the Nolan trilogy. Yes, they did. 
So Terry McGinnis, though, has a family. He's got a he's got school. He's got a social life. And we get to kind of see more of almost like a Peter Parker esque. Yes, he's very much like the Spider-Man of Batman in a sense, where, again, he's juggling the the relate the relationship aspect, the job aspect and the school aspect. Yeah. And I think Will Friedle does a great job and. I, I really do enjoy him. And you can listen to him talk about interviews about the show and how much he did enjoy it and, and being Batman and saying, I am Batman for the first time. Oh, that was great. It's a great moment. It is in one of my, like my top list of just Batman moments with Terry, yeah. with Terry McGinnis saying it. Cause he is Batman in the show. Oh, definitely. And again, it's like, well, in that scene, you know, he's about being pummeled to death by this other guy on a sinking boat. And the guy, the, the, the goons like, you're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman, which would be equivalent, I would say, to the scene with Spider-Man where he finally decides where he thinks everything, the rubble's crushing down on him and he digs inside like, no, I am this thing. I yeah. am this person, this hero. And don't you say otherwise. Now, what do you think about the high tech bat suit? I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I think they, they, the design is pretty sleek. It's, you know, it's all black except for a little red crest. He can actually fly this time around. Mm -hmm. I, I think all of it was really cool. It definitely lent to the idea of the futuristic, like, oh, God, this is what Batman would look like if he had an extra 30 years to do things. Right. But they also the story. And actually, when you think about it, that suit, when he first wears it, is actually still cutting edge, but 30 years old, because that was the suit he was wearing when he retired. Right. And, and I think they, and they, Terry actually mentions then, that. Yeah, and in the story, what's good too is they point out like this: Batman's getting older. He bit it; it augmented his strength. It gave him other abilities, and all. And those are things that I think Terry, when he starts out, he doesn't have the training that Batman has. He doesn't have the, the his physique is completely different. He's much more again, like almost like a Spider-Man, a, a very a smaller, agile. slimmer guy. Yeah. And they do an episode where the suit gets compromised. Yes, and he has to rely on his wits, and that's actually in my spoiler alert. That's in some of my top moments. But yeah, they, they do a great job. And I think they, they even mentioned at one point, he's like, you know, you're, you're not as smart as Bruce Wayne. You don't have like this, but you have his heart and you yeah. are Batman. And it's just, I think Will Friedle and Terry McGinnis go down in history. And I think that they, they have, the, this show has a, a nice cult following and it's on HBO Max. You can watch it, but highly recommend it if you can't tell already. Now going down the list is the legend, the icon, the definitive Batman for a lot of our generation. And Same that's here. Kevin Conroy as returning as Bruce Wayne. And he does a great job making himself sound older as this Bruce Wayne. More curmudgeon -y. More curmudgeon -y. One of the best moments, and so I could say this now because it's not actually a scene that happens in Batman Beyond. They do a crossover with Justice League at yep. one point. And the young Batman... Like, he's like, I'm going to go, you know, get information. He goes, are criminals still a superstitious, cowardly lot? And the old Bruce goes, yup. And he's like, good for <laughs> me. And he tries to interrogate one of the Jokers. And the old mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne's like, this is how you interrogate a suspect. And then it just cuts to black and it comes back and like the dude's just like spilling everything, including the fact that he wet his bed till he was 12. Yep. <laughs> and that is one I of I never imagined myself ever being this green. <laughs> oh my God. Bruce Wayne, Kevin Conroy is probably one of the best to ever do a comic book role. He, It's hard to get up. Like we've had other Batman and we've had really good interpretations of Batman on screen and in animated, but I got to say Kevin Conroy, like they do some great episodes that focus on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I don't want to go too far into that because that's, again, we're talking our favorite moments after this. 
Yes. And also, too, the Batman Animated Series, we could do a whole episode on that at some point. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Going down our list, we have Chris Summer as Max Gibson. Now, Max is Terry's friend who finds out he's Batman. Yes. And kind of becomes his guy in the chair. Or girl in the chair in this case. Girl in the chair. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of think of Bruce Wayne as kind of more of that role. But yeah, she becomes the the new assistant or the sidekick kind of to him that she has these technological know-hows that he doesn't have access to or doesn't know how to do. And I think it also, too, it gives another a different dynamic to the group as well, because now he has somebody. I think she's the first person, again, he can talk to about these things. That's not Dana mm-hmm. or so that's not Bruce Wayne. And again, again, can create some other conflicts or other relief for him. Because, again, now I was like, well, why, you know, Dana can be like, why are you talking to Max all the time? What are you, what were you guys talking about and stuff like that? So adds a little more drama. But I think it was, you know, it was. And also, too, I think at the time you have, you know, you have a black female character who is spunky. I'm like, yeah, why not throw that into the mix? You know, now, are you OK that they never made her into any sort of superhero or because that that's an easy trope nowadays. And it seems to be kind of the go to where it's like, all right, I've been the tech supporter, the sidekick for long enough. Now I get to put on my own costume and be a hero. I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I don't think I, I can. I understand the idea of you need it for evolution, but why not just. You know, just be good at what you have to do, and you'll find that you'll find ways to have your own stories. I mean, you say that, and my first thought actually jumped back to Static Shock because that's what happened to his his partner With in gear, crime yeah. of getting some stuff and whatnot. And then also how that basically was the reverse for Batgirl in a sense, where she kind of was taken out of the game and became the quintessential guy in the chair or girl in the chair. But yeah, I was I was fine with that. Not everybody has to, because again, like if you're talking about, you only get where you are in this in this animated world either by training really hard for the most part, you know, and, or something bad happens to you that changes who you are, you know? And so I, I feel like she doesn't necessarily, you know, in order to fight crime or become a supervillain. So I'm fine that she's like, look, I'm good at this one thing, but that does not mean I'm good at fighting bad guys. I love it. At least physically. We got Lauren Thomas, Dana, and Dana's the, the girlfriend. And usually she's the, the dramatic foil for, for, Terry doing his Batman responsibilities. Like, these are the things that I'm sacrificing to be Batman, and one of them is Dana. Yes. She's kind of, for the most part, she really is just plays the girlfriend that is, you know, is there. There's been a, there's a couple moments where they, they make point of that. I think there was, there's one scene where he meets her. And goes, I'm sort of like, like, why are you sorry? I know you're going to be late no matter what. So I've kind of accepted it right now. Mm-hmm. But they also do an episode around her <clears throat> where some other guy who, pays attention to her ultimately is a little bit of a creep but that you know that it plays up that aspect that you know well terry's not around so why are you with him then and also i think it, that scene that episode sticks out bad because it's one of the few times she's not wearing her normal outfit in there because usually when you watch an animated show the characters usually have their same outfit that they wear every episode no matter yeah. what so when they wear something different it does stick out at you for the most part we do find out though in the epilogue that they are still together they're mm-hmm. still going through some struggles, but it ends with Terry going to propose to her. So I like it. Also, quick disclaimer, we are just talking about the animated show and any related properties. We're not going to be talking about the Batman Beyond comics, just so everybody – because we're not caught up on them because that's another – a whole other oh, yeah, complicated that's, that's a whole story. Other thing. Frank Welker is Ace the Bat-Hound. Really? <laughs> this is a listing? <laughs> I, they did a whole episode about Ace, and it's one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yep, you I'm got a little th- shaky on that episode, I think. I'm we, not much of a dog see, person. We get to see Ace's backstory, and it ends with Terry getting 
Ace's respect and them becoming friends. So I, I think I remember, I think there is the scene where it's like, don't hit my dog. But in the beginning of the episode, they were not getting along. But by the end, he's like, don't hit my dog. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. And you know what? I like how Bruce Wayne, you find out that like he was part of a dog fighting ring and, and Bruce Wayne kind of rescues him. And they he's the, the companion that Bruce needs because we do find out that Bruce has a falling out with everybody of the, every member oh, of the Bat family, with the exception yeah. of Alfred, who who simply passes away due to old age. But we learn a little bit about it, but we don't learn the whole story because they do mention. Uh, look up Nightwing one day, boys. He got stories, and I know oh, in the comics. Yeah, no. Yeah, in the comics, they've they've discussed that Nightwing in that version, and obviously we see it in the animated series. Their kind of tense relationship. Does but, the does the TV show or the movie touch on why Nightwing? doesn't uh, doesn't like batman anymore like what happened to nightwing the last time he worked with batman i think they go over it in the comics they don't ever do it in the actual animated material oh just the comics then okay so we'll, we'll leave that for later then and speaking of which stalker channing and angie Harmon in 2000 as barbara gordon i was i didn't realize that was stalker channing and yep. i'm like wow okay and usually i know everybody goes back to greece but i always think back to west wing right that's fair but I loved Barbara Gordon in this. She's she plays the you know obviously the same character, but we also find out unfortunately that Bruce and Barbara had a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. It, it that was a later continuity thing, and it was just very uncomfortable. And then they they do it again in the Killing Joke, and it's even worse. I guess I think it, it's weird because I try to depends. I guess on the time frame. Well, no, but I'm trying to think of like the chronology of who's how old each everybody is in a sense. But you're right. When you're thinking about it, usually that Barbara and Dick are about the same age. They're college and, age when he leaves. They're graduate. They just graduated college in the episode where he leaves as Robin. Where he but then you have the idea that Batman is at least ten years older than them. And also, like, I know he, Batman works with Commissioner. Like, you know, commit. You know her dad. Like, it's creepy. Yeah, no, it's it seems a little rough to be uh, you know dating the or your friend's daughter, kind of you know. Well, That'd unfortunately, be, yeah, now you say it like that, eek. it's even worse in the comics because they did do an animated universe comic series where they, this, including all this stuff, and apparently, I think that's why Nightwing doesn't talk to Bruce because Bruce got her pregnant. Yeah, that is true. I think that was the, that was definitely one of the reasons why they don't talk. Yeah, I think the other part again, it's also that last time they teamed up. He kind of got Nightwing really shot up. So, yeah. so, but in this in the show, Barbara's an interesting character because I think she goes through the best character arc with Batman. Yeah, she kind of like um, Terry almost acts like the bridge that Bruce needed to kind of rekindle old things, or not so much rekindle, but like rebuild, repair bridges. Because Barbara, again, she's the Commissioner Gordon. You still have your Commissioner Gordon, albeit it's the daughter now. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I think what was great about having this time jump is that you have all this gap of like, well, what happened in between? Because now, like, now you're the Commissioner. I, clearly, I guess she never, either she gets rehabilitated with her spine or she never gets shot. I don't think she gets uh, shot in this continuity. Okay. But then, you know, but now you have that, now you're going back to some of the, that struggle you have between Batman and Commissioner Gordon, which in some of the comics, when you have that him versus cops thing, it's always a fun dynamic. And then too, like she knows, she already knows who Batman is in a sense. Like she knows why you're doing this again. I know that all the interest into the Batcave. Oh, it's, you know, it's your great. Like, she's like, I know who you are. Like, <laughs> relax. Like, I know, I know. I just can't prove it. But they, they have a very good relationship that, that goes up and down. And in The Return of the Joker, it really is solidified. And just I, 
I do really like Barbara Gordon in this show, and I, I definitely think they did her justice, and she was just a great character. Yeah. So exactly, some yeah. some of the supporting cast, like the supporting supporting cast, we have Warren McGinnis and Mary McGinnis. We only get to see Warren in the very first episode, and then Mary McGinnis yeah. takes over as the primary parent, and um, she's there. <laughs> like she's yeah. again a foil for Terry, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not, not uh, much really to say about her, yeah. And even less to say about his younger brother, Matt McGinnis. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, well, again, it, but, but, but at least it shows, again, that brother connection in a sense, because there are times where they interact, where it's like, what do you mean I got to watch Max? I got to work for Mr. Wayne, you know, when stuff like that comes up. Well, you know? apparently in the comics, in the new universe of stories, he does become Robin. Oh. Yeah. Uh, That's fine. I think Batman needs a Robin. But now let's talk about my favorite part, some of the villains. Okay, let's go for it. They do a, they create the, so obviously there are plenty of episodes that pay homage to some of the older villains. You have an episode with Bane, you have an episode yep. with Mr. Freeze, which is also fantastic. Yep. Sal Ghul comes back and they play around with the Roz versus Raish, and I love it. Yep. Because I remember as a kid, I always said Raish Al Ghul because that's what they said in the show. Yes. But then in Batman Begins, they call him Roz Al Ghul, and they make fun of it in this show. <laughs> But let's talk about his main villains. So he's got Derek Power slash Blight. I like that this kind of, like, at least for the first season, I think maybe even a little bit to the second, that you had him as like the big bad, like the guy that he's kind of behind every bad thing that's going to happen to Batman from now on. He was I very, that was kind of a cool thing. Very Norman Osborn, very yeah. Green Goblin. And I, he, his look was awesome. The, the oh, skeleton yeah, and like all that. The dark thing, yeah. We got the Jokers, which are a gang inspired by the Joker, which is terrifying and so realistic too, which is even worse. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm not going to go through each of the, the Jokers because it's listed. No, no, no. Just say the Jokers. You know, there's your Harley Quinn knockoff and you have your Joker knockoff. That's really it. Uh, we have Ink, voiced by Shannon Kenny. Fantastic okay. villain. Yeah, Ink was she I like. Yeah, the assassin for hire that, you know, shapeshift into anything. And I think that was kind of one of the ones that really got to Batman a bit. Because I think she almost discovered who they were. Like, in the was that in the first episode she almost discovered who they it were? It wasn't the of? first episode, but it was, like, very close in. And she gets into the Batcave. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. you know, and they're still listening, like, the, the, the car feels sluggish. And then they're doing a diagnostic. And they're like, you know, Batman's trying to, Bruce Wayne's trying to find, like, his old gray ghost mask to kind of yep. engage her and whatnot. We have. I'm just gonna power through these quick. We got Willie Watt, who he took control of the giant robot, and then he got superpowers from it by accident. Yeah, that was kind of scary. That one was sad too. We got Mr. Freeze making his return, which was a great episode. That was good. Yeah. We got the terrific trio. You remember this one? They were like the group of scientists who uh, be, they're like the Fantastic Four knockoffs. Okay. It was a magma, which was like a thing in Human Torch combo. All right. Um, Freon. Who oh, was... I, I vaguely remember these guys. And the yeah. 2D man. And they like become like superheroes, but then they find out that, you know, like they were set up by the doctor. It's wild. We got another fun one. Walter Shreve slash Shriek. That one of the things you have to say of what they did, they made the right choice in that he had Terry McGinnis had to have his own cast of characters. Right. As if, Cause it easily would have been like, it, like they, they pay homage to freeze and the Bane, but it would be too easy just to rehash it. But like shriek is a guy who ultimately is a, is a really smart guy. He loves Sonics and he's able to create a weapon suit that uses high pitched Sonics to destroy things and what, and ultimately they do a great ironic twist that because of his first tussle with Batman, he goes down now deaf. Yeah. 
And originally his suit was just to be it was supposed to be for construction use. You're right. And and I think actually in, the, in terms of creating the character, they just I think somebody drew him and then like, all right, to the writer, here's your character. What does he do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got uh, the Royal Flush Gang makes their futuristic appearance, including a 10 who has a, a kind of little thing with with Batman. Which is just to touch on that a little bit, because I do think at times like those were some of my favorite episodes is when she's involved. Because mm-hmm. yeah, she is kind of like this. She is his Selena Kyle, but Melanie, that's her that's her real name. Those are some of the great, I think, good episodes and just that that, that it shows in torn between family and duty or family and what you want. Or, you know, again, do I be do I want to be with her or do I turn her in because she's a criminal and whatnot? So those are some great episodes with her. Oh, definitely. We have Ira Billing slash the Spellbinder. That was another cool one. The design get up was great. I think his design actually is in the the intro as well for mm-hmm. the uh, for the Batman thing. And I, I think he started out as a school counselor, I think, or something like that. But yeah, his this was another cool one that played with the hypnosis and the optical illusions and whatnot. So I thought that was like, you know, and his design was just really cool looking. Yeah, there was one other I forget. Karare. Yep, Karare. Yeah, the League of Assassins who doesn't speak and her what was it? her sword was laser it was with a laser microscopically sharp that can cut through anything mm-hmm. but uh, those are some of the main there are plenty of other characters but i don't want to spend the entire time just going through characters because i would love to now talk about some of our favorite moments from this show all right do you have one that you want to start with sir i think well we mentioned it, but let's start off with that one and we have the whole the, in the first episode first episode two moments okay you have the moment when he announces that he's batman he's fighting the thug like i said I am Batman and he survives and whatnot. And at the end of the episode, yeah, you find out that um, Bruce Wayne comes to visit Terry and his mom. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, son, when did you meet Bruce Wayne? He's like, Why this, this young boy? man saved my life. He's in full Bruce Wayne facade. Like he won't, you know, save me from some hooligans. Mm-hmm. And he you know, wouldn't accept any thanks. So I figured I'd come down to here and offer him a job. I find in my old age, you know, I need an assistant. I'll go for this. I'll go for that. You know, an ally, as it were, and slowly the Batman part comes in. And like, would you want the job? Mom's like, of course she wants to. Like, yeah, I, I think I can do this. Welcome, Mister McGinnis. Welcome to. Oh, thank you, Mister McGinnis. Welcome to my world. Yeah, it's a just great that moment. Welcome to my world. Bit and the Batman music hits because we all know as the audience that what he's actually saying yes mm-hmm. to. So I'm gonna go with it's the second episode with Ink when okay. she kidnaps Batman and she's like and she tells Bruce like you got to come here or I'm gonna kill your boy. And Bruce shows up, and he's wearing, like, the, the trench coat. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's wearing a, a suit of armor that they actually introduced in that episode because that's how comic, that's how cartoons work. If they show yep. it in the beginning, it's going to be important. A suit of armor, like, giant bat armor that Bruce doesn't use because it put too much strain on his heart. But, like, Ink's, like, crushing him, and the suit activates, and they play the original animated song, like, the theme song to the original animated series, but it's, like, a heavy metal version, and it's just awesome and it's like i get chills like even right now i'm sitting here going this is one of my favorite comic book moments no that that is awesome let's see what else that i have mm-hmm. again anything with melanie i think that one then when they first introduced melanie 10 and the royal flush gang you know he's having the he's on a break with dana and he and he's kind of like this girl's like look i'm new in town i seem like had a fight and they just have a little like little quick fling but ultimately he decides to choose dana and then they that plays back later on like you know, there was a note where like she's like this is about me Find this guy, Terry. Give him this note. And Batman never technically gives 
Terry they yeah. know about whatever. And I just I felt like they had a great dynamic. And I've seen some talk on like Reddit where they're like, he should have been with Melanie. She was a much better girlfriend than Dana ever was. I'm going to go with the episode where Raz Al Ghul and Talia Al Ghul return. Yeah, that and I thought my list too. That was that was good. Because I should the twist been obvious? I don't know. But when you find out, you're like, oh, oh. my God. Well, Bruce Wayne has the best reaction to it. Where he's like, all right, you're officially creeping me out. And Bruce Wayne goes, you, she kissed me. Because you find out that Ra's al Ghul is actually inhabiting Talia's body. But my my key moment in that episode, which is a favorite, is when Bruce and Terry team up in the hallway. And like Bruce kind of like, it's like, after you. And and again, the animated music starts playing and the two of them are fighting together. It's just such a great, great moment. That that episode, dude, has a nice scene in the beginning, too, where... Maybe it's Valentine's Day, but for some other reason, Bruce Wayne is going through old pictures of his girlfriends, and then just Talia sneaks up. I'm like, you know what you it is? Have a picture of me? You know what it is? It's his birthday. Oh, it was that. Okay, yeah, it would be the musical, and that is on my list also. So I'll bring it up now. The musical, the they're singing that criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. <laughs> Basically, Terry takes Bruce to see Batman the musical because obviously people know who Batman is, the original Batman. Yeah, and. Of course, he says, it's Shway. It's Schwarbage. <laughs> and it is just such a great, great – it's a whole great episode. Like you, This show oh, has yeah. so many just great episodes. Oh, yeah. That, and the funny thing is to like all these great episodes, the one that wins the Emmy is the one where he's doing a home ec assignment to keep an egg happy. It's, it's actually – And they, and they so intentionally – we're going to write this episode to win a, a, an Emmy. It's the dumbest thing. It's nothing to do with whatever, but that's the one that wins the Emmy. I like, love it. Oh, man. I think for me as well, the Justice League Beyond, when we first meet them, get out of my head. Pretty, what was that? Get out of my head. That's That was going to be my next one. Because, <laughs> yeah, because you'd be like, like, Superman comes down in a black and silver outfit. He's kind of like, I forget his kind of history at that point, but definitely, again, he's aged 30 years. He's He has a whole new Justice League. There's an Aqua Girl. There's the, the son Hawkman. of... Hawk, yeah, Hawk, yeah, the new Hawkman. You have the new Green Lantern. That's some somebody very different from what we've seen before. And just like, I need you to find the traitor among us or something like that. And just he's like, oh my god, I can join the Justice League. This is like this is like. And there's something about he makes a comment to like, like what do you mean Superman? He's like the greatest hero ever, and he's saying this directly to Batman. <laughs> it's it's so it's such a good episode. And then he wins. Like Batman, quote unquote, beats the Justice League. Yeah, like as he should. <laughs> yeah, and then the last one that I want that I have on my list. I don't know if you got any more, but like I, I mentioned, the episode because there's two episodes that always stand out to me on this show. One is the Mister Freeze episode, just because it's it's always interesting when the the like the perspective of the show is really from Victor Freeze, and yeah. they've always done a really good job at writing Victor Freeze on all these. You know, obviously, Heart of Ice from Batman, the animated series, won tons of awards. It changed the whole character. Yeah. You know. And so that's a great episode, but I also really like the episode where the suit's taken over and Terry McGinnis has to rely on it. And it's him proving that he is Batman. He is worthy to be Batman. Yeah. I, it is a shame he did not put on an old bat suit. He just puts on Nightwing's mask and takes uh, <laughs> the old right. utility belt. But uh, <laughs> did you have any other moments that you wanted to bring up? Let's see what we get. I think the, I guess I would probably just say I think maybe the crossover you mentioned before the time traveling was pretty cool, and I think actually when we the epilogue, I think we can maybe talk about that a little bit. So that yeah, that's the did, next topic. 
That's the next topic. Yes, then we'll sir. just go into the next topic then. So the show was, I don't want to say unceremoniously canceled, but it was canceled after three seasons. For a kids' TV show, that's not bad. But for like this show, it was kind of like, oh, only only three seasons. But it's funny to think about it now because, again, this show has a huge cult following. And it's it's yes. really got a big thing. But it ends with him just facing off against Cobra. Like that was it. Yeah, that was the last episode. You're like, oh, that, that's it. Okay. Yeah, and before that, we had a Countdown, which was the Zeta, or with the, the last episode with Zeta. Oh, uh, yeah. But the show did get a continuation with Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which, again, we're going to save for another episode because that's just such a, that is a great movie. It is, it is. And it has one of my favorite Joker and Batman fight scenes of all time. <laughs> but, so the show got its epilogue, though, in an episode called Epilogue. It was yep. in Justice League Unlimited, and basically it's a it's a flash-forward and flashback type episode, and it's Terry McGinnis. He's a little bit older, probably like 10 years. I don't think they actually say it. He's a member of I the- I think the Wikipedia puts him in his 30s at that point. Bruce is like decrepit. Oh, God, like yeah. Like, can't yeah. open Whoever his pill spots. bottle. Like, the two of them are really at odds, because, you know, Terry wants to live more his Terry life. Batman's like, no, it's the mission. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of torn in between, and we get an interaction with Terry McGinnis and Amanda Waller's telling him a story about her interaction with Batman. Because in Justice League, they have a great back and forth. Yeah, it's it's really good. But this this episode is with the original Royal Flush Gang, and there's a character in it who is a very powerful psychic, like world-ending psychic. But yes, she ends up dying at the end of the episode, and Batman's and it's still like one of the best Batman moments of all time. He sits with her until she dies and then carries her yeah. body out. It is it is a fantastic scene just in itself. Yeah. And we find out that Amanda Waller in that moment realized that the world needs Batman. That Batman is a necessary thing to exist. And that she actually orchestrated the birth of Terry McGinnis to a point. To she, a point. Through like a ton of government research and all these things, like she decided that t- Warren and Mary McGinnis were the ideal couple to create the next Batman. So they, without mixing words, they rewrote Warren McGinnis's DNA with, with Bruce Wayne's. Yep. So we find out that Bruce is kind of the biological father of Terry. Th- that and opens Max, up all- his son, or whatever his son's name, uh, his brother, I mean. Unless it's like a one time. <laughs> One time off only. And we actually find out that Amanda Waller hires the Phantasm to kill Warmig. Awesome. Which was a great touch. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, my, Andrea Bromar. Like, oh, my God. What? And then they end up they end up not. She doesn't go through with it. And Thankfully. Oh, it's just such a, a great thing, a great, a great episode. And they do a really good job about ending the show in the best way that they possibly could. It was supposed to be a series finale for Justice League in the DCAU, but they they kept going after that. But oh, it, it's so good. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that was so yeah, that that scene again when he talking to I think that's the ace or whatever the girl who's about to die you're like I get goosebumps. I'll rewatch that occasion like my, this is this is again, why don't you make this into the movie? Like this is the good stuff. Oh, I'd watch that. That'd be so good. But yeah, so that that's Batman Beyond. Any additional thoughts or anything else you want to say about it before we start wrapping up? I love the show. I've actually managed to see I've happened to meet Kevin Conroy, so that mm-hmm. was pretty awesome. And I've got to see the panel where they discuss, you know, just things about the show in general and where all this stuff came from. And yeah, this is just it's different enough. I feel like if you want if you like Batman, you want to see somebody a different take on it. Again, boy, if you want more of a Spider-Man twist with some of the storylines and whatnot. But all of these, it's it's a 
I don't know whether it's a more of a coming of age Batman story, but it's just something that really resonated with me. And I really enjoyed the character of Terry McGinnis ends up, he really does grow on you. And he's like, this is a Batman for the future. And I think it's a, almost at times a better passing of the mantle than having it be, you know, Dick or Tim or one of the ending the other, or even Damien. It's just, it feels like this is a better passing of the torch. Yeah. I think it's, a, I, I actually like the idea. Like obviously Nightwing has taken over as Batman for quite some time. Him and Damien were the Batman and Robin for a while. Yes. But I always like Nightwing as his own hero, his own man. And the show Titans does a very good job with that. Where it's like, if you don't want to be Batman, who do you want to be? Like, who are you? I would say the same thing with Young Justice, too, because one of the things I always said was great about that show was the progression of the characters. And then I would say, say that, too, that Young Justice benefited from shows like Batman Beyond and the animated series to kind of like one prove that an animated show of this caliber can work and that you can tackle some dark stuff with these characters. It would, is, it would be a shame if they did not do an episode with Terry McGinnis in Young Justice. I oh, would that would... An episode where he comes back in time to help them or do something. or And he interacts with Nightwing, who's like, well, shouldn't I be Batman? Why am I not Batman? I think that they could do a lot of fun with that. That that would be really cool. And it's not like it, the time travel is unheard of with that show because you have with the Legionnaires right now. And Impulse. And Impulse. So that would be freaking awesome if they could find a way to, you know, any Get back Will. Get back Will Friedel back into the Oh, I love it. But uh, that's going to wrap us up. We do have Fan Feedback Friday, though, for you guys. Don't forget, if you guys want to participate in Fan Feedback Friday, all you have to do is like us on Facebook, the Multiverse Fancast, every Friday, usually around 9 a.m. Eastern time. Or if I'm in Italy when I do this, I don't know what time I posted it, but I managed. (laughs) But it was a very simple one. What is the best superhero movie of 2022 so far? We've had a few. And unfortunately, not all of them have kind of stuck the landing. So the general consensus was the Batman. That was yes. the the general consensus. And I, I would agree if I were to throw one out. My friend John from the Hey Pal, What's New podcast, he wrote Sylvester Stallone in Samaritan. But then he said, but seriously, his actual his favorite was Dragon Ball Z superhero. And, the, and he mentions the fact that he's not a Dragon Ball fan and was willing and actually wanted to see it twice really says something. I, I do that want to will, see that. I'm surprised because that one just came out. So I don't think I was on a lot of people's radar. And the little bit that I read of the reviews, it really brought back Gohan as being like, this is a the successor beast. to Goku. Yeah. The Batman again. And then Super Pets. I can't. <laughs> Who's trolling you with that I one? Don't, I don't want to talk about it. But yeah. So don't forget, guys, if you want more of our stuff, more of our content, you go to our website, themisfitfashion.com. You can also find us on every social media from Twitter to Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Just type in the Misfit Faction, you'll find our stuff. But Brendan, where can people find your stuff? If you want to find my stuff, I am on YouTube under the name BlindBat8719. My eye is missing, so it's B-L-N-D-B-A-T-8719. I play Magic the Gathering on the, on the on Arena. So if you like playing the card game Magic the Gathering, want to watch some videos on the Brawl format where it's, you know, single card, sorry, 100 card singleton with the commander, come check me out and subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. So thank you very much. <laughs> but you know what? I got to say when... uh when we get uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, we should have you on for cinematic adventures. Oh no, definitely! I'll come back for that. I mean, like, we actually in the magic thing, we just they just get like another set of Dungeons and Dragons related character. And looking at the trailer for the movie, I think I think they know what they're doing, and they're gonna have a lot of fun with that. Uh, I, I, I know it's not the same, would... but you know, obviously similar. No. <laughs> no, but it's gonna be. It's no, I know it's not exactly the same as the game I play, 
but it definitely I, I have a lot more familiarity with it. And also I'm a huge fan of Critical Role as well. So mm-hmm. I, I've definitely done the big dive of that 115 episodes at four hours each. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. And I'm Brendan. And we'll see you guys or we'll be back in a flash. <laughs> I had to combine me and Ronnie. And then Ronnie I says, then <laughs> Ronnie says, see ya. Then Rob says smorgasbord. And then we just awkwardly end the episode. Yeah, thanks for visiting the Batcave. <laughs>